0: Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam
1: Radio, the podcast for creatives.
0: Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now.
1: Live from the tallest building in the city of New Amsterdam, it's me, Flobo. Thanks so much for checking out a brand new episode of the podcast. Of course, the city for creatives is a city for youth. So if you have an idea, a spark, a bit of creative inspiration, you too are a citizen and learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com at new amsterdam on instagram and at new underscore amsterdam on that twitter i always ask you how you're doing how you're living and hopefully you get to ask yourself that and your friends as well you know we all are a community we all are trying to grow and get better if you see someone struggling Hey, you know, reach out. You know, just say, hey, I just noticed something's on your mind. Let me know what's going on. That's how we build strong communities. As for myself, it's wrapping up the fall season. We're looking at the winter uh, for if you guys know if you guys are familiar with the show I get to be very ornery around this time of year Like I I get really frustrated when people slow down for the holidays um, Not to say I'm a workaholic. like I just feel like this should be a balance though of the rate of productivity Right, <laughs> so I'm, I am actually put aside some projects. I want to work on this winter uh, This time last year. I was working on the first chapters which became my book graduation day Which is available now on Amazon I'm Gonna put a little plug there amazon.com plug in global voice graduation day. This year I want to get back to the comedy thing. You know, I have a couple of dates already for next year for festivals and I really want to give it the old college try now that I'm sunsetting some of my shows. And one of the shows I'm sunsetting is What's Up Flobo After Hours, our sister show available on YouTube and on your favorite podcast service. I use Spotify myself. I'm not trying to force you to go to Spotify, but you can check it out. What's Up Flobo After Hours. Now, I've done all of my promotions Got them out the way to talk about today's guest, Captain John Weber. Here's someone which is very interesting to me, very dear to me, because I feel like we would have been friends on different cross sections. Like I met. Him through comedy, but we're big wrestling fans. We're big wrestling guys. Uh, We got I got into Star Trek. He was a lifelong Star Trek fan. We connected on that, and he collaborated on one of our other shows, Commander's Log, and that sister show to Starbase '80s. So very cool to sit down with Captain. You'll notice he is a very dialed in individual. If you're on my patreon.com/slash/boys or my patreon right now, you would see. And I had show notes, questions put aside, and we didn't get to touch because John is that much of a creative. He's just that person who just opens up your mind to think about things differently, and that's why he's one of my favorite guests. I have rambled long enough. Here is my chat with John Weber, the captain. Welcome back to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for your creators. It is I, the manful voice, being joined by the man himself. We've collaborated on shows. We've talked about the comedy game, the wrestling game, and so much more. Please welcome oh. Captain John Weber. How's it going, sir?
0: Thank you so much for having me on New Amsterdam. Uh, Flobo, I have always admired your empire of... Uh, oh creative outlets and new I, amsterdam has always been like that jewel in the crown yeah. that flagship and uh i'm so honored to be it. thank you for <laughs> the invite checks in the mail
1: but <laughs> ah. <laughs> i was going i was we were actually talking we we're shooting the breeze but you said something i really was like oh, i want people to hear this talk to me about immersive art
0: um i i uh, i don't know if you want me to give this away but i'm going to give this away you were yeah, showing please, me You and I have another collaboration coming up, uh, Commander's Log. Uh, This will be season four
1: for you? Four for the show, two for my show.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Season two for Commander's Log, uh, where you and I will watch and review and go over all the details and the Easter eggs of uh, Star Trek Discovery, a fantastic show. Uh and uh I was so delighted. It was it was the beginning of my streaming career when you invited me to join you on Commander's Log. And uh yeah, and I love it. I love it. I love what you do. I love doing my version of it, my tributes many times, my ripoffs once in a while of, of <laughs> what you that. do. <laughs> I, I do steal, but I steal from the best.
1: <laughs> oh, thanks, man.
0: And and uh and you were showing me the new intro for uh our next season of Commander's Log and I was blown away by it. And you were like, Yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, a little brushing a little dirt off your collar there. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Come on. Come on, you know how I'm I do it, John. Yeah. Uh, you, you were like, Yeah, you know, it's good. And I was blown away by it because the music and the visual, it was very immersive for me. It blew me away. It was like, um, did you see... This is a very old movie. Mm -hmm. Did you see Close Encounters of the Third Kind in the theater? In the theater?
1: uh, One more time. One more time.
0: (laughs) It starts with a bright light and a big, loud uh uh what do you call it um like symphonic Mm chord and i remember seeing it with my dad and like looking over at him he was holding his hands up in front of his eyes it was so bright and i was like wow if we saw a ufo it would probably be just like this right a, a great moment of immersive art and when i was watching uh and, and as I said, you know, you got the 4K video and you use every one of the Ks. <laughs> it's, you know, no K it, left behind. It's like 1080, but thank you. <laughs> oh, dude. I mean, it blows my visuals away. Uh, and and I, was, I was digging it so much. And, I said, and it, you know, it occurred to me for the first time that um, the thing about immersive art is uh, the person watching it and the person taking it in does a lot of the work
1: mm. it,
0: it is your response that is a big part of the art and you know speaking of my dad my my dad passed away uh, a year and a few months ago and um, and you know as lots of people know that's something that you uh, you deal with a lot you know you you measure it every day how am I feeling how am I doing what are my memories how can I how can I keep it positive how can I keep it real and there were so many great things my dad taught me. Um so many weren't, but <laughs> so many were mixed bag. <laughs> mixed bag. Exactly. And you know, that's that's human beings for you. Uh one of the things that he taught me at a very young age, and um and then promptly forgot he taught me, by the way.
1: Because later on
0: I referred to it when I was talking to him. He was like, What are you talking about? <laughs> he said the thing about art is it evokes a response correct and uh lots of things evoke a response but art is a, is a thing that kind of exists mostly for you to look and take it in and and get and feel some kind of way about it and that's that's art so um professional wrestling as you mentioned because we're both from the world of professional wrestling on the right. uh, indie level and uh, you worked with great people, and I worked with a lot of those same people um, doing other things. And uh, and the, the thing about wrestling is, um, how much how many secrets can I give away about <laughs> professional of wrestling? Because uh, I joined the world of professional wrestling. I'd already been a comedian and an actor and a host of a TV show. And I was working on a TV show, and, and they said, hey, why don't you try... Uh, to do a story about wrestling. And I did, and I fell in love with it, and I stayed with it. And uh, I became a wrestler. <laughs> I did wrestling yeah. first,
1: and then everything <laughs> I mean,
0: as my wrestling career was going up as a wrestler and a manager, and a uh, even a coach and a teacher, and eventually a booker, uh, as that career was going up, my acting career was taking a nosedive. Right. A lot fewer phone calls for that. But, <laughs> um, but one of the things that my... Uh, my mentor and my very first wrestling teacher taught me. Um, he was Dynamite D, the 80s wrestler, uh, though we remember him as the best wrestler there is. Everybody's got their <laughs> little phrase <laughs> right. it was Dynamite D's, the best wrestler there is. And uh, Dynamite D said, You're standing in a wrestling ring, you're getting ready to wrestle, you're looking across the ring, there's another person over there. That person is wearing pads. That person has trained. That person is wearing tights. That person's getting ready to beat the snot out of you. And you're getting ready to beat the snot out of them. And there's a referee. And uh, maybe there's managers in the corner, maybe valets. Every one of those people combined versus the audience. Right. That's a real wrestling match. Everyone on, like a lot of uh, the refs that you watch on TV have, a, have an earpiece. Everyone on the other end of that earpiece. Everyone in the, uh, the, the production booth for the TV show. Every one of those people versus the audience. Now, that's wrestling. Yeah. We say versus. Um, but in, in terms of art, it's all us trying to reach across to the viewer or the listener, and it's one of the most beautiful parts of art. Uh, there was a wrestler. I, I, I swear I'll wind up because this is this was supposed to be like the first thing I was going to say, and it's like ten minutes now. <laughs> uh, do you remember the wrestler Chris Canyon? Yeah, who better than Canyon? <laughs> and and Canyon was one of the most powerful creative people in the game and because of the time it was so homophobic right and and he hated being gay he came up at a time when you had to hide that you had to you know there was so much masculinity in wrestling um that he couldn't just be himself and and he was just a real guy um who uh you know was gay um he He used to do this thing in his intro. Now, you remember the WWE version, Who Better? Who better than Canyon? And he had this New Jersey accent, so it sounds great.
1: Champagne Chris Canyon. Canyon. Positively Canyon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh, Oh, my God. All the Canyons. Champagne Chris Canyon uh, (laughs) back at WCW. But the very first one I saw was, uh, I'm going to say it was 1998. And um, he was all by himself. He wasn't hanging out with other, uh, you know, he wasn't like DDPs, like, you know, side guy. Um, You're right. Bang. Uh, He uh, Chris Canyon would come out and he'd go, "Okay, you people are not very smart. So I'm going to have to explain it to you. (laughs) I'm going to ask who's better than Canyon. And then you say nobody. You got it? Who's better than Kenyon? And you say nobody. You do not say everybody. Right. Who's better than Kenyon? And of course, what do they do? <laughs> everybody. <laughs> and then he gets mad. Then he throws like a little, you know, stomps his feet and he gets mad. He's oh, and he gives the microphone back to somebody and he doesn't want to talk to the audience anymore. And now the match is gonna get started. That was one of the smartest pieces of audience participation i have ever seen i've done improv i've done stand-up i've hosted shows i've emceed i have never seen audience participation that perfect in my life that was one of the things that made me get into wrestling it's like oh wow this is on a whole different level here yeah chris canyon was one of my biggest um biggest uh inspirations in the business and it's that level of immersive the uh, behavior and, and response I, I also have a friend i don't know if you know the wrestler sexy chino
1: yeah uh, the ageless and timeless sexy chino here in southern california
0: Se- sexy chino one of the greatest performers i love sexy chino he and i took class together uh his first day in wrestling class was my first day uh-huh. um chino actually saw him outside of a wcw event and he's telling me the story and he goes um yeah go up to canyon and i see canyon and he thinks no one can recognize him and i go who's better than canyon and he turns around points at me and goes you are
1: oh yeah
0: that's really cool clutching my heart clutching my heart when i tell that story yeah so, um, yeah, immersive art, man. It's, uh, it, it, it's something that um, people, you know, we also say in wrestling that it is a sport of emotion. You, you want people that it to is. be emotionally involved. All the coverage that I've seen you do of wrestling is perfect because you care. Oh, You're not care. too cool for this school. You chose to be here. You care. That's another yet another thing I appreciate about you.
1: Well, I appreciate a, a bunch about you, man. I I heard the word immersive art. I was like, wow, that, that's deep. And I'm glad we started it as awkward as I did start the show because that I learned a lot. You know, it, it, it's not a thing because you do so much things, and a lot of our guests do that. And I know there's a, a, sometimes it feels like, oh, I'm just one person. It's just it's a cross section of what I do. Sometimes it feels like you're spinning different plates. You're like, Whoa, who am I? Yes. Uh, as, as someone who, who you're still a working actor you just had a show wrap up this year like what has been your mix when someone says what do you do how do you explain what you do
0: um you know i i wanted to get into comedy ever since i was a little kid when did it first get you the comedy bug
1: uh actually trying it out or me thinking that i have a chance of doing it
0: Well, that's a good question. That's a really good distinction. Um, I was 29
1: when I first started trying it out, but I was, for me, it was Leno. Um, and I, oh, I think yeah. a lot of, a lot of people who are late night talk show fans tend to be working class or, mm-hmm. or, or, lower class because like my, like in my case, it was cool that one, your parents you stayed up late to yep. watch it. But since my parents worked blue collar jobs to see them laugh was so rare. That you kind of equated that with love, right? You're like, yes. oh man, Leno made my dad laugh in his headlines. I want to do that for other dads.
0: Right. No, no, dad. I was the same way. My dad was a big joker. Um, and uh, and I I would he was like one of the most charming people in the world, too. And um, I would definitely take these things in, want to kind of learn and and kind of like use these as tools, you know. You 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 see that exchange back and forth you know your your dad who works so hard who doesn't have a ton of time to stop and laugh at things mm-hmm. you know he he takes life seriously he's got a good work ethic and uh and then you see what works for him and you you're kind of learning the tools here
1: kind of like yeah. oh the,
0: these are tools i can use these a, a person can use them maybe i can too True. Right. i always wanted to be a comic um, and and it was like because of all the reasons. Uh, I like making people laugh. Um, not not the handsomest guy in the world, so uh, oh, go might on. Well, might as well have a <laughs> sense of humor. Um, uh, it it um it makes life easier. Uh, when you try to bring out a sense of humor, not only out of you but out of everything and everybody. Uh, you're like me, where you're a really great laugher as well. <laughs> yeah, thank you. As a joker, Uh, you know, you understand all the all the bases uh, of this particular, you know, baseball diamond of comedy. So, yeah, what got me into this whole thing? You know, my talents always kind of lay there. Um, I could always sing. I was I wasn't too nervous getting in front of people. Um, I liked acting. I never thought I was that great at it. Um, But then I would watch comedians act.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I'd have to say it's like Robin Williams, uh, Steve Martin. And then I could go to Martin Short because they're still working together. Um, John Candy. uh, Bill Murray. um, You know, these are all heroes to me. And uh, they were guys who acted. They weren't as good actors as they were comedians, maybe but i also kind of liked that they sort of came up short in certain areas there were things yeah. they always needed to work on to be better i always right. admired that
1: yeah being able to look at yourself and and evaluate <laughs> you know I mean, or...
0: Uh, yeah or or if you're doing the other thing i do and you're saying like oh you're not very good you know what you failed here and you failed there oh you know what on the on the pyramid of who's great you're really near the bottom like when you start beating up on yourself like that why is it a
1: pyramid i didn't know there was a
0: <laughs> okay
1: that's cool i never thought of it why, that is,
0: why is it a pyramid that's a very no good question maybe, maybe it's my old uh like nutritional pyramid
1: right <laughs> well, i clearly... combined it in four groups now there's
0: a pyramid. Fuck them. I... I'm clearly never going to eat right, so I might as well take that pyramid and make it my career. Uh, right. <laughs> That's a ticket. <laughs> and, and it's it's been a really, like, I'm an older dude. So, um, you know, here I am in my late 50s. And, uh, you know, w- when I kind of look at all of the things that I put together for my career, it's like, oh... I don't do I don't do like straight drama. I don't do this. I don't do that. I don't do this. I don't do that. And then um, after you do it for a few years, after you're you know working for a few years, I was in a lot of commercials. Mm-hmm. That was probably where I did most of my work. Uh, looking back on it now, it was in commercials and then like show hosting. Those are never things I aimed to do. Those never that was never my goal. That was always just the way to make the living. Right. And then um, and then I would try things like, you know, I tried stand up. That's that's when you and I met. I was I was trying stand up, but uh, but still hadn't quite gotten my work ethic and my writing and all of that together. Uh, that makes a great stand-up. That you, among many other stand-ups, are really great. I used
1: great to do it. I, I'm washed up, bro. I don't. <laughs> the <laughs> pandemic <laughs> came, and I just don't. Oh, it's a whole thing. <laughs> it's you a whole
0: know, thing. Uh, you know. I know people who are heavily into it, like heavy, heavy, heavy into it, st- doing stand-up comedy, and they are miserable. Mm-hmm. My my buddy Dave, uh, he works with the comedy seller and he does all kinds of things for the seller. The best work he does is podcasting and interviews. Uh, Dave Jessica, a very funny mm-hmm. guy's got a podcast called the Nightfly. fly. Um, there you go. Jessica, i give you your plug
1: <laughs> plug, plug.
0: And uh, he is a very funny guy. But if you sit down and talk comedy with him, Oh my gosh, there's so much about comedy. Uh, Comedians, especially where he has that like snobby, like Richard Jenny. Richard Jenny was no good. Sitting there going, "Um, The
1: star of Platypus Man was no good.
0: (laughs) Put you (laughs) here on his back, good sir. What are you talking about? I was sitting there now. I worked with Jenny because I hosted a show that Jenny was a guest on like three or four times. He was a great guest. I have no idea what Dave's talking about. I talk to him more and more. I find out personally they didn't like each other personally Ooh. they hated each other honestly to be to be completely honest makes sense and um you know oh my gosh does that sound unusual for stand-up comedy no people hate each other no not at all,
1: <laughs> no. not at all man there's so
0: much hate and resentment in that in that art form and it's uh you know hell i'd even say that's a combat art form people, much people
1: like always progress. yeah exactly. Like people say like i don't see the point why there's so much drama it's like if you ever seen honey boo boo like mm. it's a it's a beauty pageant it's a it's a comedic pageant mm. and sometimes you could be in direct competition with money on the line and Good food point. and money on the line of course we're doing that that way some yes. don't i try right. not to but you know it happens
0: I you know the the best way to approach it and uh and it's funny because I've always uh, my my female friends or rather uh you know honestly um I've non-binary friends in in comedy too so let me say my non-male friends uh will will be much more relaxed on the level of no one else can be me I'm the only me So I'm not in direct competition with anyone else. But the men are all like, that guy is below me. He's like seven notches below me on the ladder. They use a ladder they don't use a pyramid i'm assuming you know,
1: no pyramids <laughs> he's over. seven slopes below me <laughs> no I, i'm totally with you like i hate to sound like I, i've reached that place yet because i do get that kind of twins here and there but i think mm-hmm. comedy got a lot more fun for me in my third or fourth year when i was like you know what and they don't laugh at me it's because i'm sucking not because of this person or that person but right, you go in right. there like central casting especially when there's like theme nights oh yeah. east coast night black night or whatever night you go in there yeah. and you're like oh they're just multiple versions of me. That's not cool. Right? <laughs> I want to be top tier me. Like I want to, of all the me's out there, I want to be the best me possible.
0: Absolutely. And, and the, um, you know, the, the thing that, that always helped me, and this helped me a lot in wrestling too, honestly, was, okay. So I'm six foot four in our world of indie wrestling, non-television, usually wrestling. Um, That is very tall. That's Mm -hmm. like of all the wrestlers you know, I'm probably one of the tallest guys you know. Mm -hmm. Probably like 10%. And and guys in wrestling hated me because I'm so big, I'm going to beat the tar out of them. And anything they do to me is not going to work as well because I'm so big. And if there's no Vince McMahon to go, you're going to wrestle Weber, you wrestle him right now. If there's no one to force it, then these guys are like, oh, why do I have to wrestle John? Can someone else wrestle him? Look, let me wrestle the guy that I've known since I was 12 years old. We wrestled great together. Like, nobody really wants to, like, go out and and do it for real. And I I just feel like um, the... I'm not going to get support from those guys. Right. Uh, So where am I going to get my support? It's from the audience. How does the audience respond? And if I'm a good guy, they'll be cheering for me. And if I'm a bad guy at different points in my career, I was a bad guy. They'll be booing me, but it's all good. I mean, you love the booing as much as the cheering. Honestly, you love the booing a little more. Yeah,
1: you'll sell less merch, but
0: <laughs> it <laughs> does feel so good get a reactions. Yeah. That's so true. <laughs> I mean, when you get right down to it, John Cena has sold more T-shirts than probably anybody. I think we can even include Stone Cold at this point. Mm-hmm. He, he's sold more T-shirts. He's always been a good guy. but
1: He's currently number two overall for those who are into the thing. No kidding. Who's number mm-hmm. one? You're not going to believe this, but ironically, Roman Reigns is number one. And he's a heel. He's a bad guy. So,
0: oh, so, he is a bad guy. That is true. He's been, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. He's been a bad guy for a, a large part of his career. I don't know about the majority of his career, but certainly. I think so. Yeah. yeah. He's gone back and forth. Oh, man. Roman Reigns beats John Cena on I think sales? it's a design
1: because Roman Reigns has black shirts or white shirts with text. Yeah. And those are always classic. He's wear them anywhere. But John Cena gave you every color, maybe at once sometimes. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> that's so true.
0: When The Rock accused him of being the Fruity Pebbles wrestler because mm-hmm. he was, was always like, using these bright greens and bright reds and bright yellows. I like, got him. <laughs> and who was wearing his stuff it was almost always kids yeah it was almost always children so yeah. you know what you want in uh in the world you're right it's the t-shirt i used to always call them because i started wrestling uh in the year 2000 and uh i always the called them <laughs> i always called them the black t-shirt crowd yeah because especially out here in southern california we'd get our long-haired dudes and they'd be like long-haired white dudes, long-haired Mexican dudes, long-haired Filipino dudes, like like every every race um, except for the black guys. The black guys usually would keep it nice and clean.
1: Yeah, exactly, man. I go somewhere else after this.
0: There's <laughs> I mean, a li- little bit, uh, you know. There's a variety of hair there, but uh, but yeah, a lot of times they're not doing the shaggy hair. But right. all the other guys rocking the shaggy hair, they want to wear heavy metal t shirts. And they want to look badass. And then when they go to buy a wrestling t-shirt, they want it to look like a heavy metal t-shirt. So black, Absolutely. you know, usually with like one symbol, some text. Very simple. Guys like that. That that works. Good old Roman Reigns. Honestly, um, as I like to call him to make people mad sometimes, The Rock's handsomer cousin. Ooh. He is, God. though. He's a really handsome guy.
1: I mean, I think the different flavors of handsome. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, it's like vanilla versus fresh vanilla. Like, one is different, <laughs> but it's similar enough. You know what I'm saying? It's like... <laughs> Welcome back to see? Handsome Man Chat. It was not the whole point of the show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, we got to touch all the demographics here. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know, right? Come on. <laughs> <That's all it's... laughs> So, so we're talking about this also. You you are a, a content creator too. Starbase 80, you have a new project on the horizon. Talk to me about the shift going digital and what's on the docket. What's on the slate?
0: Um, I have uh I've always been a big planner of how I wanted to do things. And you know what they say? Uh that's the never easiest have a plan. way. Never have a plan. That's the easiest way to make God laugh at you. Yeah. But never have a plan. Um so what I've tried to do now is just follow my nose, uh, and look at that nose. Look oh at yeah,
1: but uh, those in the visual version, he is showing us his nose on the Handsome Man edition of New
0: Amsterdam Radio. I, I've got a nose, ladies and gentlemen, and and I gotta, I gotta, like I'm Toucan Sam. I gotta follow this thing.
1: It's not no.
0: He was actually a toucan. Like <laughs> he had a beak. <laughs> Mine's only the one color, but still, wow. Uh, well, uh, you know, when we were doing uh, Commander's Log, I was just looking at all of the tools and all the production that you were doing, and I was thinking, man, this looks really good. And I would, I would watch this if I didn't know these guys. Okay. I, I would totally watch this show. And so. Um, I came up with Starbase eighty, which was um, I I'm like to say The the <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get that domain. <laughs> I still we had another name
1: for that. the show, and it was like, oh wait, there's another.
0: <laughs> oh my god, yeah. that's so true. No, no, no. Yeah. I and you were the one who turned me on to it, and I'm like, I can't believe I didn't search out this other name. <laughs> I I love the show Deep Space Nine. Actually, both of us love it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I of love it.
0: Uh, I watched it after you, obviously. But yeah, well, I mean, you know, I'm an old guy. I was there for all the shows. Uh, the uh, the the nice thing about uh, my old name, Deep Space Dive, was I felt like Deep Dive was kind of like a a cliche of the moment. Maybe not a great phrase to base the the title of the show on. Yeah. But I was, I was forging ahead with it, and then one day you send me the link in an email, and you're like, um, I think you might want to check this out. And there had already been two episodes of Deep Space Dive, and it was a really great host, and she was doing a great job. So clearly, I do not want to use the same name that sure. she's using. Uh, and so, yeah, so we ended up with Starbase 80 based on a joke from uh, um, Lower Decks a show that I started out not liking and Flobo kept saying, you got to give it another chance, give it another yeah. chance. And I did. And oh my gosh, my, my, I watched uh, like two episodes, walked away, came back, watched those same episodes again. And then the other episodes following, it is a whole different experience the second time around. I'm I so glad it. you talked to me into that.
1: Yeah, I'm still behind on the second season. But yeah, it's cool because as someone for those of you who don't know, I say I explain it's all the time around our show, but I got into Star Trek literally three years ago next month. And the first show I got into Amazing. was Discovery. So everything's kind of yeah. backwards for me. But it's cool yeah. when you watch a show with references, but the show still stands on its own, even with references for people like myself or
0: new. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and someone okay, now granted, um when Star Trek happened, when it first aired i was like three years old so i caught it when it first went to syndication but that's how far back i go but i am always one of those people that'll watch something and go i wonder what it's like if you're just starting it now oh yeah so i find your perspective so valuable so you're frustrating
1: depending on the episode
0: never, <laughs> no, never. what i love Tubic. no i hate tubics <laughs> 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 no, because it, give, it also gives me that moment of, uh, you know, seeing it from uh, the non-historical uh, uh, perspective. Because a lot of times, like when we were watching, I, I can say this because a lot of my friends expressed this when they first started watching Star Trek The Next Generation. They would say, well, this is not a great show. It's not that it's a bad Star Trek. It's just not a great show. Uh, for this reason or that reason or this reason and um, and looking back on it now, it is a great show. They were just disappointed. yeah and, and and I you know, again, this actually ties into the very first thing that we were talking about is um what what do your emotions shape the experience like? Yeah. How do you feel a certain way about what you're watching and and what is that? Now, don't get me wrong. If if people are disappointed in a show, it does affect the show. Absolutely. Next Generation was, uh, from everything they tell us, it was going to be canceled. It it yeah. was not gathering enthusiasm as it was going. And then who saved it? Who saved it, football?
1: Uh, you or that clip show with Karenda Riker.
0: <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whoopi Ten
0: Goldberg. Forward. The EGOT herself. Yeah. Loved the show. Wanted to be on the show. She came out. It got them a lot of positive uh, attention. Whoops! Hit my uh, mic. And uh, and that was a, a great thing to happen for Star Trek. And uh, I remember at the time going, "Oh man, they don't need Whoopi on this show. Why is Whoopi on this show? <laughs>
1: what? Why does you sound like a '90s like New York comic? <laughs> I
0: don't <know> need <you>, Whoopi. That's <laughs> <I'm> terrible." <laughs>
1: Oh, my God. Was it
0: that was it that at VMA Were you had Charlie? Were- <laughs> I was in New York doing comedy at the time. I wonder if I had, like, my suit jacket and my tie and my sneakers, <laughs> right. my jeans and sneakers. Why is Whoopi on this show? Who Sit knows? Who so. <laughs> like, um, you knows? You know what really did it for me, uh, really made me fall in love with Whoopi, was it wasn't even Whoopi do you remember uh i think it's called rascals it's the episode where they're turned into children
1: oh okay yeah
0: yeah yeah. <laughs> the kid whoopie killed me she was okay. so
1: great yeah it's not even whoopee but it counts
0: <laughs> lil Gaiden, lil Gaiden okay. just made it work for me uh well and and she was great in uh generations they show you the the first time she meets, I believe they show you the first time she meets Picard in the movie Generation, Star Trek Generations. And that was sweet, too. So, you know, the great thing about Star Trek, and maybe you can extend this into other things, too. But the great thing about Star Trek is um, the body of work just becomes this universe. And then, yeah, if there's things you don't like, you don't like them. That's okay. Yeah. That's all right. Like what you like. But there are thousands of things that you haven't seen yet or maybe you haven't noticed yet and there's always more and this so, is why I love discovery because discovery provides so much more
1: I agree but what about yourself I mean you're you branched out there's a whole empire mm. of content you're starring in you're working on like how do you approach that with your fans I wish there must be many because uh, I, when you launch a show you are in the chat hanging out
0: <laughs> I am a very lucky guy in that as I've gone through the years, uh, I've made a lot of friends in a lot of different worlds. And so I was super, super lucky as a stand-up uh, when I was uh, when I was doing it in uh, around 2008-2009. If I put out an announcement I was going to do a show, 30 people would show up. Mm-hmm. And that's not enough to make a show necessarily, but... Um, if all the other comics were expected to bring people and I brought 30, I can't tell you how many bringer shows I did where I was the closing act.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. And we all burned our friends out that way. (laughs) It's a rite of passage, man.
0: (laughs) I I remember, I remember this one show, the guy running, it was a real jerk. And, uh, and I, I, I I said, uh, hey, man, uh, when am I going to go up? And he's like, oh, I was looking for you before, but I didn't find you. And I'm like, well, I'm six foot four, 270 pounds. And I was right over at that table. Um, And he was like, well, I just couldn't find you, bro. So I can't put you on tonight. And I was like, oh, well, okay. You see that giant table of 30 people over there? Uh, I'm gonna go over them there and tell them I'm not doing the show tonight. We're gonna leave, and he was like, yeah.
1: "Whoa, whoa, whoa!
0: Hold on <laughs> now, oh no, let's not get crazy." So, like well, I was I mean, gonna walk is... his whole audience
1: just for context so with the bringer shows are basically, they want you to be on stage, but you gotta bring a certain amount of people. I think every comic does that. And this, and seriously, at the point at my, my Nate here, I would bring one person or two. Yeah. And some shows yeah. have like five people limits. So John brought third, he brought the entire house. And this <laughs> I, guy's like, I didn't see you. forget about
0: I, it. <laughs> I'm All super, right. I'm super lucky that way. I'm normally not a, my way or the highway guy. But that was gonna be very disappointing telling all those friends that they weren't gonna let me on the show because for some reason I I kicked off the, the guy booking it. Uh, yeah, um, basically the, uh, I've completely lost everything. I don't know where I was going. <laughs> you were trying to set me up for something and I should just I get se- to, you were setting I me up for-
1: you have so much things going on in your empire is yeah. there, everyone comes to you, show up, you have a community, but you're like, not me. <laughs>
0: Oh, forget it. There goes my Emmy. No, no, it's true. No, you're right. (laughs) It is true. Um, I have a show coming up, and uh, it was strictly because I got in a mood. My uh, sister put up a lot of um, Halloween decorations around the house, and uh, here at our little COVID COVID villa, where we hide away from the rest of the world. I'm not sure that's
1: pleasant or unpleasant. Oh, it's very
0: pleasant. (laughs) It's very pleasant, um, yeah. mostly because it's a, a nice property and a very big house we all live in. But uh, but yeah, she put up the Halloween decorations, so I get in the Halloween mood quite a bit. And I was nice. like, you know, I kind of had this idea. I was thinking about doing it. I'm going to do it. And so I'm going to debut my, okay, this is a weird show. It's called Mr. Weber's Web-O-Mystery. I love it. It is It is a um it, it is a show in which I live out one of my dreams, one of my bizarre dreams and as you know, stand-up comedian, stage actor, professional wrestler, I have some pretty bizarre dreams. Yeah. Uh one of my dreams was I always loved um I don't remember if you ever grew up with anyone doing this, but it used to be in a TV market, I grew up outside of Boston in a TV market. There would be a horror movie show, usually on the weekend and there would be a host and probably one of the best examples I could give you is Elvira. Right. Elvira Svengooli. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember who our guy was. He was really creepy. Um, <laughs> in every every respect and so these horror hosts would would basically talk in between the commercials you know there'd be a, they'd talk and and then show you a bit of the movie and then they'd break for commercial and then the host would talk to you a little bit again and so this whole uh thing of being a horror host it's one of those things i never thought i'd have a chance to do unless i could think of a way to do it and now right. i thought of a way to do it Ooh. Uh, So if you join me in the stream, we will be listening to old-time radio shows that are horror and mystery. Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll do that live, you and me. Yeah. We'll do it live. (laughs) (laughs) And it should be a good podcast as well, just like this show, just like New Amsterdam Radio. I think so.
1: But you're already here though. I don't know (laughs) (laughs) why. What, what, okay so that's a good thing so people have an idea for a new show I love the idea uh is there any kind of expectation is it like a metric you use or it's kind of like just feel it out man are you Zen about it what's the, what's
0: the you little... know I'm uh this will be my first time putting a show uh live on YouTube I've never done that before mm-hmm. I've only done Facebook in the past so I'm gonna go I'm gonna do what you do Flobo. I'm, once again um you' are executive producer on my shows, whether you know it or not. Uh, I'm going to be available. The the link will be up on Twitch. Um, You'll be able to get to us through YouTube. You'll be able to get uh, to us, hopefully, through Twitch. I got to figure out exactly how I'm going to get on Twitch. Um, And Facebook, of course. I still have to uh, cross some T's and dot some I's, but I think by this weekend, we should be able to go... And my aim for Halloween is if you join me on Halloween, we're gonna listen to War of the Worlds together. Dang,
1: classic the original, one.
0: yes, the the original, original thing or- Orson. Or yes, Orson Welles, Mercury Theater, um, 1937, if I remember correctly, but it might be 39. I think it's 37 though. Um, it is an hour long cast. So, um, we'll be doing probably a 90 minute show there, but I'll, I'll have some little shows too, uh, just to give you a little, little hors d'oeuvres, little desserts afterwards. You know, we'll mix it up a little, but one of the main events, uh, will be war of the worlds, the radio show. Yeah.
1: And I think by the time this comes out, either it'll be right before it it releases or it'll be available on demand afterwards. So make sure you check that out. So that's how it is, man. the fact you keep doing new stuff, keep doing great stuff. And do you have any plans for 2022? The world's opening back up, more content play, traveling,
0: wrestling? Uh, You know, that's, you know something. People ask me about wrestling all the time. I am legit almost 60 years old. I have gout in my- But he's Sting. He's been basically eating, like, Lark's Tongues and, uh, you know, like, fairy sweat his, his whole life. <laughs> these guys who, who have these, like, beautiful At market price. lives.
1: Fairy said a market price. What a baller.
0: <laughs> I, I'm, uh, you know, it's, it's always amazing to me how, like, if you're successful and very, very talented, life is completely different for you. From it's people true. who are not quite so successful, working hard at it, and also very, very talented. Those are all my friends.
1: Work for a living, I gotcha.
0: Yep. yep. One no more match, let's do it. I And uh, to answer your question, I, am, uh, I got an invitation to uh, direct a stage play. I've never done that before. Nice. And um, I am probably going to, I actually got an invitation to do a one-man show. Uh, oh, like wait. the
1: uh, full, full night or oh, an hour. How it look like, like uh, a comedy show or just a memoir, like life slice
0: of life. You know, one of the things I was going to do, I'd always thought about doing it was um, <laughs> you've seen this over and over in professional wrestling Flobo, where they'll bring in a <laughs> professional wrestler and he's going to wrestle that night, but he does a seminar. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So they get those gimmicks. Yep.
0: Yeah. And, and basically what they do is they book him and they go, well, look, I can pay you X amount of dollars, but I can also set up a seminar for you. So you can charge people to come and listen to you speak and do a little demonstration of the things that you're talking about and all of that. Uh, Usually there's a wrestling ring. He has some wrestlers come into the ring. Um, so whoever's running the seminar usually says, Hey, let's, uh, let's watch this. Let's watch that. And then I'll tell you, uh, how it could have been better. Or I'll tell you, uh, you know, the psychology behind what we're doing. Um, so anyway, uh, wrestling seminars are very much a thing and I'm going to do stepdaddy Roscoe's wrestling seminar. That's my one man show that will debut in 2020. Oh, so your
1: one man show is basically a parody of that
0: exactly that
1: i thought you were actually doing the seminar again i was like what are you teaching these people these poor helpless <laughs> trainees or have the worst advice for an hour but okay i get it i
0: get it. It's a one-minute show. It. uh my my wrestling persona step daddy why are you called the step daddy because i'm your daddy now Woo! Uh,
1: it's step-daddy. like odb from wu-tang clan <laughs> there's no
0: fault in my <laughs> any <laughs> Any comparison between me and ODB makes my day. <laughs> that just makes my day. Hey, doo doo. <laughs> <laughs> <not that> <laughs> um, basically, uh, yeah, basically, uh, stepdaddy Roscoe has always. I've actually, you've booked me on a comedy show. And I performed as Step Daddy Roscoe. I don't know if you remember.
1: You did. Was that the one we did? Because okay, so as we don't know, there's a time I used to produce comedy shows. where I thought that no. was the best way to get exposure. It's not. Um, I think I booked you twice. And the first time yes. you were yourself. And then mm-hmm. we had this thing called because there's three co-producers. We had like this like boxing night where we picked we drafted former. Uh, Guess comics yeah. and who I got the most points. That team won. I think I drafted you on my team, and yes, you team came in and was a whirlwind, man. It was it
0: was a <laughs> sight to behold. <laughs> I loved that crowd too. Oh my god, you guys brought in the best crowd. They were man. They were dying. They were crying. And I wasn't, because um, I didn't write it really very well. Um, I, I was not as good as I should have been. And they were such a good audience for me. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, this all happened because we were, uh, this play I just did, we were breaking down, as you do. Uh, you do a play and then a lot of times your very last performance, you go, you take off the makeup, you take off the costumes and then you put on your work boots and you come down and you're going to break down your set and you're going to move away night? all the props. And yeah, usually the same night, um, it, very much in local theater. It's the same night because someone else needs that stage right away. Oh, wow. So uh, and, and uh, we're doing that. And there's this guy, Bill, that I'd never met before. And at one point he said something like, oh, you're gonna give a power bomb to that chair, huh? And I'm like, you know about the power bomb? Because he didn't know I was a wrestler. And he's yeah. like, what? Yeah, a power bomb from wrestling. And I'm like, bro, let's talk power bombs. Who's, who's got your favorite power bomb?
1: <laughs> Why'd you say it's so creepy?
0: Powerbombs? <laughs> hey, like power bombs? Come up to this dark corner of the room. I got the good stuff, what? <laughs> And I said you've never given given anyone a powerbomb, right? <laughs> and the guys like, "No." And I'm like, cuz one of the things about the powerbomb. All right, so you know the powerbomb bomb. Flow bomb.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm afraid Yes.
0: You kick the guy in the gut, he bends yeah. over. You you pull him into you, you put his head between your legs, right? And he's facing down. So you bag in his neck. <sighs> grab him around the waist and now you've got to pick him up but you have to make a decision of what kind of power bomb you're going to give right. are you going to give him the side saddle power bomb which means you flip his body up so his butt is basically on your shoulder or are you going to flip him up so now he is um it's like you're piggybacking him but he's backwards yeah he you've got a leg over one shoulder and his other leg over your other shoulder and his stuff is right in your face. Ooh. You lift him up high. Maybe you're gonna maybe you're the Undertaker, you're gonna give him the last ride. Oh yeah. Maybe you're on the top turnbuckle, you're Mike Awesome, you're gonna give him an awesome bomb. Awesome bomb. To- totally up to you. Totally up to you what you do right now. Once you get the guy up there, you then just deliver him down. Most people think you're slamming him as hard as you can um and I have seen guys do that but a lot of times it's just easier if you just let gravity do the job for you. Right. And you just keep him flat the whole way down. Again, I'm giving away some wrestling secrets here, but you always want to you always want a flat landing. Uh right. that's how he'll be safest. That's how he'll be able to go home to his wife and kids. And uh And that's the power bomb. You bomb that guy down there. You bomb him. And I'm telling this to to Bill. And Bill goes, you know I'm the artistic director of this theater, right? Okay. I said, you know, no, I just knew your name was Bill. (laughs) And he said, I would pay good money to hear you talk about wrestling. And I said, you got any room in the schedule in 2022 he said yes i said okay then we'll we'll do this show i've been thinking about this show for years let's do it and so you're gonna write this
1: one-man show and perform it and the the guys i'm gonna go to see a seven so basically are you giving me the bad advice i'm gonna walk out there (laughs) powerbombing grandmas or something like what (laughs) i learned this in a stage play that's art (laughs) Uh,
0: you know what it's gonna be Uh, is it's going to be this, um, I'm going to treat the audience like they're all professional wrestlers. And this audience, trust me, you're absolutely right, is mostly grandmas. (laughs) Nice. It's like 30 to 70% grandmas, depending on the night. Um, So yeah, there will be grandmas like chopping me. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to let a grandma hit me in the head with a chair. I don't know. I don't think so.
1: You want that Tony
0: or what? <laughs> it's hard. I'm sure. Um I you know, it will be it will be whatever it will be. At this point, um I know what a seminar is like, and I know what stepdaddy is like, and I know what a stage show on this in this theater is like. So we're gonna put the three of them together this year and see if it works. Well, of course, my I... hope is I get to do it in multiple places places but we'll start
1: yeah in there. i can't wait that goes on the road with avenue q uh <laughs> john Weber, thanks for being on the show new Amsterdam radio man the podcast we're created you're out there doing it you're killing it if somebody want to interact with you or stalk you online how they go about doing that uh
0: i find me at hello john weber on uh twitter and uh and i'm also um You know, I'm also the host of Starbase 80. You can find that also on Twitter and on uh, Facebook. And uh, this year we'll be adding Mr. Weber's Web-O-Mystery. So uh, look for that as well, please. Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W, Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours.